All right, psychology nerds, and welcome to another episode of Psychology and Stuff, the podcast out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. I'm Ryan Martin, one of your hosts of Psychology and Stuff, and I'm here as always with my co-host. She's the chair of the UW Green Bay Psychology Program, a statistician, an environmental psychologist, and one of my besties. It's Dr. Georgina Wilson Dundas. How's it going, G? Yay, that's the best one yet. I'm not a chum. I'm not the bestie. That is the best one yet. And so it is going super well. I'm so happy. Uh, we are recording. This will be the, the last episode of this season. So um, it has been a pretty tremendous uh, season with, I think, uh, overall 15 episodes uh, that we've recorded learned a whole bunch of stuff from some brilliant people uh, this season. It has been really fun. Yeah, it's been great. We I've, I've had a ton of fun because we've had, what, uh, Allison Jane on a couple of times. We had Jason on, uh, I think, a couple of times. We've had some students on. We had Abby on. Yep. Uh, we even brought back an intern. I know I'm forgetting something that I'll feel bad, but we even brought back our intern, Kelsey, for a special episode on summer movies. McCray was on a couple times. So yep. just a good, good season all around as far as showcasing the awesomeness of the UWGB psych program and others. Yes, it has been great. It has been fun. Cool. And today is today, exciting for today me. Today is such an exciting day. <laughs> so do you want to say something before I introduce you? Um, sure. So I'll just tell people that I, my new book, How to Deal with Angry People has come out today. So available now. Um, and uh, this is my second book, and I'm really excited to talk about it. And I'm excited it is out there for the world. And so Georgina is going and I are going to do some talking about it. I am serving as guest today. So which is which always is fun. So fun. Um, it is a really exciting day. Uh, I know that we here in the psychology department have been anxiously awaiting this uh, May 9th launch date of your second book. And so uh, we are just thrilled to have you talk about it on the launch day here for Psych and Stuff, although it won't come out until the 11th, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, I'm going to do a proper intro, and so uh, he's a faculty member in the psychology department here at UW-Green Bay with a PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Southern Mississippi. He researches and teaches about emotion generally, uh, but more specifically about anger. He teaches courses in psychopathology and shares valuable information about emotions under the handle Anger Professor on social media and reaches thousands of people across the globe. He has an amazing TED Talk titled Why We Get Mad and his first book with that same title. His new book featured here beside me uh, is How to Deal with Angry People and it comes out today, May 9th, and uh, is available on lots of different uh, ways to get that. Uh, and we're excited to welcome Dr. Ryan Martin. 
Wow. I feel like I should clap. <laughs> Thank you so much for the introduction. I appreciate it quite a bit, and I am excited to be here talking about this. Absolutely. So um, I was so lucky that I um, asked for a preview copy of the book because I determined that I wouldn't be able to read it if we were recording this on the day uh, that it was um, that it was coming out, that I wouldn't be able to quick run to the bookstore and buy one uh, before we are recording this. And so thank you uh, for the advanced copy. I had the joy of reading it this weekend. And I just want to say on the outset that I found this book so incredibly engaging uh, mm -hmm. with the stories that you tell and the examples that you give, but also such great advice for everyone because um, you don't have to be an angry person to get something out of this book and you don't have to necessarily have someone close to you in your life um, who is angry because we all deal with angry people as we walk through this world together. And uh, so I found that there was something for everyone in this book. So I'm wondering if you could start off by telling us um, how did this second book come about? Like, how did you decide that this was the topic that we needed to learn about next? Yeah, it, it's it's sort of funny. It actually goes back a long time, like like uh, maybe eight years or so. Um, it starts with actually, a, I think, a mutual friend of ours um, or someone we both know, certainly uh, a, a another professor named Nancy Chick, who um, sent me a message one day or maybe posted on Facebook, something along the lines of, hey, would you write an essay uh, at the time I was blogging for Psych Today? She said, would you write something on how to deal with angry people? And I think it was rooted in some experience she might have had or something like that, but she just wanted some, some ideas. So I, I wrote something. It was relatively brief. I posted on Psych Today. I thought uh, that's the end of it, you know, and it, yeah, so that was it. Psych Today shared it on their Facebook page. And it ended up getting a, a ton of attention because Psych Today has got a huge following. And yep. um, and so, but it was interesting because not all of it was nice, right? So not, <laughs> not all of the responses were nice. I had people calling me all sorts of nasty names. Um, I, I had people um, telling me I was wrong and that the best way to deal with angry people is through, and this is a quote, a throat punch. Um, and so uh, not everyone agreed uh, with, with the approach. But, but overwhelmingly, I mean, I would say there was there were a lot of positive there was a lot of positive feedback. Um, a few years ago, when I got on when I started uh, talk on TikTok, I did a series uh, that was really based on that. I mean, I basically repurposed that essay and like took sections of it and did uh, short videos about it. And um, the response was again really really positive. People were asking questions, they were like sharing their own ideas, they wanted to know more. And that, and so um, I started to just from all of that, I started to take tons and tons of notes. Um, and then my wonderful editor from my first book, Fiona, wrote me and said, hey, how does it sound? Maybe we should write a book about this. And so she approached me about this. But then I think my the to me, the, the best part and the part that I was really excited about or that's been really fun for me is over the course of the the two years I spent writing it, 
I, I interviewed a bunch of people that I met over social media. I, um, uh, so those, those case studies you see at the, at the beginning of the book, those are all people I, many of those are people I met over, over social media, but also just examples throughout that. Um, every now and then, if I kind of get, I wouldn't, I mean, sometimes stuck, but sometimes just wanted to hear people's thoughts, I would share an idea on TikTok and ask people for their feedback and people responded in all sorts of interesting ways. Um, and so that part was really fun to me that this is sort of the, the uh, work of some crowdsourcing uh, in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I uh, found really interesting at the beginning of the book is the, the percentage or the amount of people who reported like in, in research and actual empirical research, but also who responded to your social media queries. So many of us uh, have lots of experience dealing with angry people. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, as, as I've said before places and we'll say again, I'm certain, I, I wish we had sort of like an anger thermometer, right? That told me like, if we had sort of real time data on how often people themselves got angry, but also how often uh, people were encountering angry people in their day-to-day -day lives. And um, I, I can tell you, we don't have that data, but the data we do have says it's, it's pretty common, right? And so um, uh, we've got one, uh, one piece of data that says about a third of people will say that they are, and this is actually a, a little bit old, and I bet it's higher now, but will say that they uh, either uh, have a family member or a close friend um, who is an angry person, right? So uh, that's a chunk, right, um, uh, of people who are are saying that. But then add to that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's minimizing things because it doesn't account for coworkers. Uh, and it doesn't account for those just day-to-day run-ins that we might have, or frankly, even um, which it, which those day-to-day run-ins can be way worse depending on what your job is. And so a uh, quick little anecdote, um, I've, I've been to the post office twice this week, mailing copies of my, my book when I'm there. And both times, two different people have looked at it and said, oh, we need this here. Um, and so, you know, we know there are particular jobs where um, people are way more likely to encounter uh, angry people in their day to day life. Seems like post office might be one of those based on based on that anecdotal data. But we know other sorts of service providers. Um, I start the, the book off talking about librarians uh, having right. angry people, but also um you know, flight attendants. This is a group that I was I was contacted about early on, or um, uh, about how there's been a lot of of trouble there. So, you know, we know that there are some people who really interact with and deal with angry people often. I wonder if we might um, go back and do a little bit of definition, just to be clear mm -hmm. what we're talking about, because I think that there's a difference in vocabulary about an angry person versus angry people, right. <laughs> that seems different to me. Can you give me some clarification about like uh, trait versus state kind of anger? Yeah, and so this is one of the things I try to try to cover early on, as you know, that, you know, that there are, when you think of any emotion, um, and 
you, you can think of it as being like a state. So uh, in this case, an angry person, meaning um, I am angry right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been provoked and right now I'm feeling that emotion that we all feel, right? And so we can all enter that angry state from time to time. But then there's also what we call trait anger, uh, which is a person whose anger is more of a personality characteristic. And in that case, um, the, the angry person is, they are more likely to get angry uh, in, in their day-to-day -day life. They get, uh, when they do, they tend to get angrier uh, than most people do. Um, they also tend to express that anger in more sort of maladaptive ways. And so um, this book is uh, ultimately for both in the sense that there are strategies for people who are dealing with both, but there's also acknowledgement that, that some people, like they live or work with an angry person, meaning person with an angry personality, and other people, it might be more of a, I encounter ang uh, angry people who are sort of angry in the moment routinely because of my job or, or, or something like that. Absolutely. And I, I, feel like um, in the, the latter example, like when you run into angry people, you don't know if it's a state or a trait. Yep. <laughs> like it could be uh, like a person who has an angry personality, angrier in the moment uh, mm -hmm. because of that as, as well. And so um, I think that that's really important. I also wanted to say, because you say it at the very beginning of the book and throughout, um, can you just clarify, there's a difference between an angry personality and an abusive person? And yeah. can you just clarify that from the get-go? Yeah, this was really, really uh, important to me. Is And it's frankly, it's come up a lot on social media actually since, over the last month or so since I've been talking about it. I, I want to be very clear at the, at the absolute outset. This book is not intended to be a field guide for people to tolerate abuse. Um, and far from it, that, that uh, when it comes to emotional or physical abuse, um, that is not the intent here. And, and people should, frankly, flee those situations and get to safety. In fact, one of the first things I try to tell people is, hey, if, if that's you, set this down and here's some resources to get some help. Yeah. Um, I think what what one thing that's important to note too is that, um, and I think people gravitate towards the assumption that the angry person in their life is being angry toward them and potentially hostile or cruel to them. And that is not always the case. It's sometimes the angry people we deal with in our day-to-day -day life aren't, they don't take our anger out on us. They take their anger out on the world. Um, and um, and it, it might be scary for us as people who live with them or people who, um, you know, spend our time with them. But, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are abusive or cruel or hostile to us. And, um, and I think that is, is really important, that the goal here is not uh, to encourage people to, to, um, to, to just sort of take it far from it. Uh, oftentimes it's about finding ways actually to stop that sort of abuse and stop that sort of uh, hostility. Um, and, and just a, a sort of side note, um, one of the things I've heard from people, and I, I absolutely 1000% understand where this, this is coming from, people saying, well, why is it my responsibility to learn how to deal with angry people? Why isn't it their responsibility 
to learn to be less angry. And, and that's totally fair. Uh, and I would say, ultimately, it would be great if everybody did the work <laughs> of dealing with their own anger. The problem, though, is that not everyone will. And, and oftentimes, we are powerless to make them, you know, to do that work. And so the question is, if, if you have to interact with angry people, uh, do you want tools to be able to do it effectively or, or not? And knowing full well that we can't change the people around us. Uh, even when we really want to. And I, I wonder if that might lead us to a, a good segue about um, wanting to change people. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a, a human nature kind of thing. Like you, you want to change people to be better for you, maybe right. uh, in, in the world. And I think um, anger is such a strange um, emotion compared to something like sadness. You know, if I know somebody who is clinically sad or depressed, I would call it, then I know the tools that I would share with them to um, have them seek help. But I'm not sure I would give the same advice to an angry person in my life. Is that common? Is that a, a way that we deal uh, with angry people? Yeah, I mean, that is that is really interesting, because I think sometimes, you know, some of it has to do with where the motivation might be coming from, in the sense that, you know, if, if you, to use your example, if you know a person who is sad, and you're concerned about them, then part of the reason you might give them those resources is for them, right? It, it wouldn't necessarily be for you, it would, I mean, it, it might be because you're their friend, but I mean, more, it's more because you want to help them help themselves. Whereas if it's an angry person, it, that same motivation might, it might be a different motivation. It might not be because you're trying to help them so much as you're trying to help the people around them hmm. and who, who might be the, the sufferers of that anger. That said, I mean, I, I, do, I do think, you know, emotions, they, they go together so often um, that often, you know, angry people are... Um, uh, they are regularly also sort of tortured by that. Um, and I, I use that example in, um, I think, chapter five, maybe not, maybe chapter two. Um, I, I use that example of a, a former client of mine who described uh, not wanting to be a tyrant and talking about, you know, and it, it was such an interesting example because he was someone who was being very cruel to his partner at the time. and. Um, but then was filled with deep, deep, deep regret afterwards. And there was a piece, and, and for the record, I know that's a pattern of abuse and that's not uncommon at all, but it says something about the degree to which he was sort of both um, engaging in things that he just, that he couldn't seem to stop himself from doing in the moment, but then also tortured by it later and really suffering emotionally in other ways later. Um, I know I've gotten far afield from your question, but but it it is you know for him, he, the the thing he was coming to see a therapist about was his anger problem. He he was tortured by it. It wasn't just uh, that that his friends didn't like him when he was mad. Right. So I I wonder if you might share um, some of the evidence based advice that you share in the book about how do we 
deal with angry people and you can pick whatever one you want and whatever might be your your favorite that would be great yeah you know i think one of my one of the things that is probably most important to me is is actually the first strategy that i talk about which is to really figure out in those moments what your goal is and what i mean is so you're you're in some situation where a person is angry with you um and regardless of how they are expressing it or maybe they aren't angry with you they're just angry but regardless of how they are expressing it take a moment and figure out what outcome you want um and this could be true if you're on the interstate it could be true if you are working behind the counter somewhere it could be true if you are online right and someone's said some uh some things to you online uh made it evident on social media they're angry with you you know take a moment and figure out what your goals are because a lot of times we're not thinking clearly in those moments and we do things like uh we think about how we can get back at the person and, um or how we can say some how we can lash out at the person and hurt them in some way and and even though that's a common response it it oftentimes isn't a productive one. It doesn't typically get people where they where they want to go, you know. And so, for instance, if if someone's angry with you and you're on the road, I, I would argue your goal should be to to get to your destination safely. Rarely, in that with that goal in mind, is the answer giving the person the finger, honking at them, cutting them off, anything like that. None of those things actually lead to that to that outcome. Uh, in fact, more often than not, getting away from the person is the thing that's most likely to lead to that outcome. And so um, same thing, if you are if you are arguing with someone online and, or if someone's mad at you online, you know, it, what is the is your outcome is your goal really to change their mind? Um, that doesn't happen very often online. So what is a more realistic goal and how can you get there? Um, and and there might be infinite routes to that, but just figure out what's the best route for me, what's the most likely route to get where I'm going. Yeah, and I think that um, a lot of the advice you share in this book, um, it is all about the person who is um, being interacted with the, by the angry person, how they regulate their own emotions and their own emotional response. Um, would you say that that's true, that a lot of it has to do with our own emotion regulation? Yep. Yeah. You know, it isn't, it, it these, the, the, the thing that makes anger so interesting, I think, compared to a lot of other emotions is that it is like, oftentimes we, we call it or refer to it as a social emotion, meaning it most often occurs through these social, social interactions in ways that some other emotions don't necessarily happen that way. And so what that means is that it, two people, at least, are oftentimes sort of playing off each other. So if a person's angry with me, chances are I'm going to respond with my own sort of sense of, of uh, maybe it's my own anger, maybe it's fear, um, maybe it's guilt because I know I did something wrong, maybe it's defensiveness, whatever. I'm going to respond with my own stuff. And part of learning to be productive in these situations is learning to deal with that stuff. And so to, how do I manage to stay calm when someone is mad at me? Um, how do I manage to, I mean, you know, one of the one of the places we or chapters is about sort of 
figuring out if their anger is justified, right? Maybe I really did screw up and they're angry with me and they are correct to be angry with me. Um, it doesn't mean that they're correct to, it would, they're right to yell at me or anything like that, but their, their anger is justified. Um, how do I deal with the defensiveness I might be feeling in that moment? Um, how do I deal with that sort of um, feeling of, of anxiety that comes up where I want to protect myself? How do I learn to apologize and make up for that mistake in some way? I think it's also, I think you bring up a lot of thoughts about timing and um, the, the timing of a response or engagement or whatever you might, uh, you might call it. Um, even that the first example that you gave, um, you know, about figuring out your goals, it, that takes a second. Yeah. Um, and I, I find that that um, is particularly challenging when I'm interacting with an angry person face to face, like mm -hmm. in, in person. And so not online anger, but rather, and right. not even over the phone, uh, but like, like you're looking the person in the eye, it's really challenging, I think, to like be like, okay, like pause for a moment, breathe and figure out like, what am I doing? Do you have any thoughts about uh, time response time and things like yeah. that? You know, this is, um, I, I think there are a handful of questions that I get over and over and over again that I, some of them, some of them, there is no answer. And then some of them are just really hard to answer. And this is one of those where it's just really hard to answer because, you know, ultimately one of the, one of the skills that every human being can benefit from that is just exceedingly difficult and can only happen with practice and reflection and intentionality and all sorts of things is learning to stay calm in any particular moment. Um, that it is, um, I had a, a friend or a, a, a coworker um, refer to it as finding your pause. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a really interesting, it's like this being able to develop essentially a pause button in those moments, even if it's just for a, for a half second to sort of take that moment and be able to take a breath and collect yourself and respond. Um, and I mean, I, I think the, the way it happens um, is... Uh, there's a couple ways. One, um, people get better at it if they actually sort of can anticipate some moments when someone's going to be, when, when they might endure anger. If they can anticipate that and sort of plan on it, it's easier to find that pause button. Um, it's also one of the things that I, I encourage people to do is to, to reflect back on these emotional interactions sometimes and actually think about where they might have been able to pause, whether they did or not and actually to take that moment. Um, people play, and I'm one of these people, they, they play out their uh, emotional moments uh, in their head over and over and over again. But usually they, especially with anger, they end up being a little more fixated on what the other person did than, than what they did, you know? And, and I think that sometimes in that experience, actually asking yourself, okay, where, where might I have done something differently? Um, it's, I, I liken it to athletes watching game tape uh, or, or game footage and thinking about, okay, what's a different decision I could have made here that would have changed the trajectory of things? Not, not from the perspective of um, blaming themselves or, or, you know, or being self-critical, but just from the perspective of, 
how do I learn to navigate these situations differently in the future? And I think that that's really, uh, that's a really important skill and, and uh, practice to engage in um, because it does take time to, to learn to sort of to, to stay calm. What about, um, I'm, I'm thinking about like education and training and helping people to develop some of those very skills that you were mm -hmm. just talking about. Um, is there room for helping people train for mm -hmm. such interactions, both the angry person maybe and the, the recipient of that anger? Yeah, I mean, I think actually, and, and um, you know, in, in therapy, for instance, role-playing is a very common uh, approach that therapists will use, not just with anger, but with any uh, sort of experience. And um, especially, I mean, oftentimes it's used for people who are sort of anticipating enduring a, a difficult encounter, right? And so, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to see my mom this weekend, and I haven't seen her for a long time. And I'm, I'm thinking about a specific case right now, by the way. Um, and, you know, and, and when I've done that in the past, it's been uh, uncomfortable for me. So can we practice? And that's pretty, um, that's a pretty common thing for people to, to do. And yeah, it, it, it works. And you can also use it in ways where it's not necessarily that they're anticipating something. It's just, uh, um, uh, you know, you, you just kind of pick a scenario and run through it and give people some practice with that. Um, it's also another sort of common therapy for people who deal with their own anger is some sort of visualization of frustrating experiences. You can do something similar where you're not necessarily um, role playing, but you're just visualizing a, a case where a person is angry with you and, and uh, expressing that anger and how you can sort of visualize that and think through how to all those things are essentially practice. I was thinking about uh, when you were talking about um, like that sometimes I feel like anger or interacting with an angry person is like dealing with fire and that you can make the fire worse. You can make the fire less, um, less you can get burned or you can not get burned. And I was thinking about the educational thing that at least I went through um, when I was young, the stop, drop and roll uh, kind of thing. And I was thinking like, does that apply here? Is, is there a training like, um, uh, you know, stop, breathe and goal or something? <laughs> like, is well, there like some sort of uh, educational mantra we can use? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I've, I've learned this, um, uh, by the way, I just, your timing is funny there because my wife just the other day said, she read me a, a tweet or something where someone said, I guess when I was a kid, I really thought I'd be on fire more often. <laughs> like we, we were trained so many times to stop, drop and roll. It's, Seriously. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's funny though, because when I was a kid, there's, I don't think I talk about this in this book, but um, there was a PSA on Saturday mornings that said something like, when you feel yourself getting tense, stop two, three, breathe two, three, think your way to sense. They say it's slower than that, but um, yeah. But, you know, those are those sorts of um, like mantras. I mean, I, I do think that mantras can work um, and that those are things people can stop and think in the moment. Um, 
maybe not one as long as the one that I just described. Uh, but but it is sort of your your stop. I mean, yeah, your stop, drop, and roll. Um, what is the? I have to think of of what the other two things could be because drop and roll don't really apply in this situation. But there must be well, a that might be really an interesting way to deal. Somebody's just like reaming you out and just yeah. like drop to the ground and roll away. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I think it makes sense. I can see why why someone would do that. I I love that. Yeah. Um. So. What are what is um, a way to deal with an angry person like when it's more the one-off kind of um, like the earlier example of the librarian that you were mm -hmm. talking about or the flight attendant, the, the person you don't know who's not like a regular in your life. What is a strategy that we can use to deal with um, that sort of one-off angry person? Yeah. You know, one of the first things I would say is I think that if there are employers out there listening to this, I mean, I think this is the kind of thing that you you have some workplace policies on and 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 also some training on. And so that employees kind of understand what their rights are in those situations. Um, and, and I think a lot of places do and have done this in recent years, which is good. Um, and so that's the first thing I'd say is like, know what what's an okay thing and what what you don't have to tolerate essentially and and be prepared to to just end the interaction at, at that point um but the other thing i would say is um you know part of what happens in a moment where someone is angry with you and someone's expressing that anger in a uh, in sort of the, the the typical way right they're they're maybe they're yelling or they're they're a little bit hostile or they're directing their anger at you in, 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 a, in a loud way. Part of the problem is that people end up um, sort of matching that, right? They end up expressing, you know, they, they get elevated in themselves and they end up matching that, whether it's with their own anger or just their own sort of loudness. One of the things we know is that um, trying to avoid some of the things that Kind of come naturally in that moment raising your voice is to try and avoid that to actually sort of lower and soften your voice a little bit um to um uh to to not do things like tell them to relax things like that that have a tendency to just exacerbate their their feelings of frustration um i think sometimes just taking a moment to listen and nod and throw out some of those what we call minimal encouragers right let them sort of tell their story. And then um, when they're done, um, if it's your responsibility to try and help them solve whatever the problem is, then start working on that. Um, I think that if, if it's not your responsibility and if there is no solution, then trying to disengage. Uh, to, and again, that's where the workplace policies and stuff like that come into play. Um, but I think that, um, you know, giving someone, helping a person feel heard in those moments, and then also getting on their side uh, oftentimes. And so I'm thinking right now, just specifically, just a, a, about a, a month or so ago, I was actually asked by our advisors here at UW-Green Bay to, if I could talk to them a little bit about dealing with some, you know, when, when students are angry um, and who knows what kind of thing they might be angry about. But a lot of it was just that it's okay. So I want to help you solve this problem. First, I'm going to let this anger sort of come out, and then I'm going to I'm going to hear you, and then I'm going to get on your side, and we're going to try and solve this problem together. And 
And I think that's a nice example of the kind of thing we're talking about. Yeah, I also, I I was thinking about like the, the workplace policy kind of thing. And just knowing that your supervisors or your superiors have your back yep. in that circumstance can sometimes be all you need to do some really great um, interacting is the, just knowing that if you do have to like cut and run, which is a very valid uh, thing to do in some circumstances that they would back you up if you had to. Um, yeah. One of the things that I think um, kind of got popularized by the whole Karen uh, stereotype yeah. is that they always want to talk to the highest person on the rung of the ladder, you know, like mm -hmm. who's, take me to your leader kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of uh, angry outburst. Um, what do you think about that uh, circumstance and how to handle uh, anger, which is clearly like demeaning to you in the moment as well? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that is a, a good, I think you're absolutely right about the knowing that your your manager has your back and that's some of the value of that, um, of those workplace policies. Because I think what happens for a lot of people is that they actually start to get worried they're gonna get in trouble, right? That they did something wrong. My, my manager's not gonna have my back. This is a, gonna be a customer's always right and I'm gonna have to sort of eat it or look bad or, or maybe even worse. And so, yeah, I think that that is um, that that's very real. And and so, being able to feel comfortable that hey, this this supervisor I talk to is going to be able to that they talk to is going to going to be on my side or at least support me after the fact, right? And um, that that can be that can be really important. Um, I mean, I think you know ultimately that in some ways that's sort of freeing when you're the employee because it's like, okay, it's no longer my issue. Right? It's, um, and uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens uh, at that point. And again, that's assuming that you feel good about who is, who is in charge and how they're gonna handle it. Yep, absolutely. So um, I know you've gotten a lot of questions on social media on this topic and uh, lots of hype about your book. Uh, and so I, I'm wondering if I've missed anything that you hear a lot uh, from people that you want to talk about before we end up today. You know, I think actually there's there's one thing I would say. Some of this is questions I've gotten and some of it's just some stuff that's that's already in there is that um, you know, it actually goes back to that throat strike comment or throat punch comment from the beginning is that um, so much of, of this, I, I know there are people out there who will read this or, or hear this and say, this is stupid. I, I don't, if somebody is uh, angry with me, I don't owe them anything I can, and I get that. And, but I guess what I would back up and say is a lot of this really comes down to um, uh, of a world of you and how you decide you want to approach the people that you interact with day in and day out, whether or not you want to um, work with them or work against them. And, you know, that, that I think that some of it, some of this really comes for me from a place of 
Um, even when people are angry with me, uh, whether they are right to be or not, on some level, I try to empathize with them uh, and, and what they might be feeling or what they might be going through. doesn't mean that I justify the behavior. It doesn't mean I say it's okay that you're being cruel to me. It just simply means I understand where it's coming from. And I think that that, uh, that being intentional and in saying, when I go out into the world, I don't want to have a, an antagonistic relationship with the other people I engage with is part of the, the worldview that, that drives this book. And, and to me, just drives having sort of positive interactions with people. Yeah, I think that that is such excellent advice, not only about anger, but maybe particularly uh, excellent advice about anger, but also just all of the emotions uh, that we deal with, we're, we're social creatures, right? We, we love interaction, we crave interaction. And so looking at those interactions, uh, can they be the best that they can be? And how can I make sure that I bring my A game to every social interaction that I have? And I feel like this book really gave me some great ways in which I know I can work hard and practice bringing my A game to um, interactions with angry people. And I have angry people in my life, just like I think every, well, a third of people in that study uh, said that they have an angry person who has like a trait, who's a, who's consistently an angry person. Um, but also just the interactions with people who are angry in the moment. I felt like is it I, me, Georgina? Am I the am I the angry person? Well, I didn't want to bring it up on our podcast, <laughs> but you know, okay. <laughs> but it's totally justified, though. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> but I just I feel like it gave me some really great advice. So there are ten strategies um, to uh, how we might that might help us deal with angry people and we only like scratch the surface yeah. of of this are there any other ones that we should talk about real quick before we yeah. go or do you feel like we're good yeah i'll say i guess two things one is um so the book is really it's it's, it's broken into two parts so part one is really about sort of understanding um the, the angry people in our life or in our interactions and where that anger comes from. And I, I to me, I, I feel like this is an important piece of that empathy, empathy building uh, mm -hmm. side of this, that getting a sense for where and why some people might be angrier than others, whether it's upbringing or biology or environmental factors or the worldviews they have and, and so on. Um, and so that's one thing I really want to highlight is I think there's, it's, it's the 10 strategies, but then there's also this other, almost half the book that's really about, um, you know, just better understanding anger. The, the truth is, I think in that part, my hope is that people might actually come away sort of better understanding themselves too. Um, that there's, there's some things there that even though you might not be an angry person, there's some things there that people might sort of see like, oh, yeah, I do that, um, or I understand that, or I've seen that happen, and um, that can be valuable. And then as far as those 10 strategies go, I, I think one of the other things that's really important for people to remember is that anger can look lots of different ways. Um, uh, you know, that it doesn't have to be yelling and screaming and and 
hitting people. It, it can be uh, people cry when they're angry, people problem solve when they're angry, people pout. There, there's all sorts of different ways that people can channel their anger. Um, and and so sometimes dealing with angry people is actually recognizing it and knowing like, okay, this person uh, who isn't speaking to me or this person who has like uh, discontinued contact with me is doing that because um, because they're angry with me. Um, I think those are uh, are are things to to pay attention to, and even that can can come potentially from different places. That the, the fact that they've cut off contact might be because they're embarrassed. Um, it, it might be because they genuinely want to end a relationship. It might be because they're manipulative and they're punishing me. Right? There's there's lots of reasons why uh, people might do the engage in those things. Yep. Or maybe they just stopped, dropped, and rolled away. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, this this might be the most effective strategy. That there should be an eleventh strategy where you just stop, drop, and roll. That because I I feel like it would work in a lot of situations. I I really do too. I really do too. Um, so before we we sign off here, um, are there questions? Um, that uh, that you've heard that you think you should have answered that we didn't? I'm not thinking of any at this point. I think we, I feel like we covered most things that people have been wondering and asking. I can tell people the book is available wherever you buy books. Um, yes. So if you're interested in it, you can, uh, you can, yeah, you can also visit my website, alltheragescience.com. And there's information about both my books there and all the different places you can get them. Absolutely. And I think um, just knowing that this week, there are also like um, some readings, some public readings. So if you're on the live episode and how you might be able to catch some even this afternoon, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that there'll be more of that in the future as well. I also um, thought it might be a great idea to give Watkins a, a shout out. Yes. Uh, um, you wanna say something about the mm -hmm. publisher? Yeah, so the book is published by Watkins, and then it's distributed in the U.S. by Penguin Random House, and I am deeply, deeply thankful for all of the work that Watkins does, um, especially my awesome, awesome team, my editor, Fiona, and my publicist, Laura. They are both amazing, and I'm super, super thankful for them. Um, also, the audiobook comes out June 1st. Um, and so that one uh, is available then, and I read it. Um, so I, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, but either way, you should go into it forewarned. It'll be my voice. Uh, so if, you, if that's a good thing, great, buy it. If it's not a good thing, then don't get it. I bet you that was like a really something else recording your own writing. Um, that's a strategy that I use to edit all of the writing that I do. And so I am quite sure that you were like, yikes, why did I write that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you really learn what you didn't word the way you wish you'd worded it uh, when you read your stuff out loud. So, yes. yeah. But I'm still look, super looking forward to that. And I think that um, people who usually listen to their books and audiobooks will really enjoy hearing it from your point of view and your voice over. I think it will be really great. 
I'm super pumped. I'm so lucky uh, that I got a chance to read it early and I appreciate that. And I appreciate um, everything that I learned from reading this book. So thanks for writing it and thanks for sharing it with all of us. Thank you so much, Georgina. That means a lot. So I, I'm very appreciative that you were interested and thanks for doing this episode and thanks for taking time to talk with me. Um, listeners, I want you to check out at Psych and Stuff on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, you will get more information about us and our shows there. Georgina, where can people find out more about you? You can find me on social media at G-E-O-R-J-E-A-N-N-A-W-D. Excellent. And you can find out, you can find me on all the places that's at Anger Professor. Uh, yeah. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the places. So uh, LinkedIn. You, yeah, LinkedIn. <laughs> yep. As always, got to shout out LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> yep. So yes, you can find me in all those places. Thank you so much, G. Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. The executive producer is me, Ryan Martin, and the production manager is Rachel Spray. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salick, and our graphic designer is Kimberly Gleese. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwgb.edu slash podcast, to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Georgina Wilson-Dungess. Keep being amazing. Woohoo!